enjoying this amazing Sunday morning. You have to feel better today than you did yesterday. The sun is going to shine a little bit brighter on all of us Devil fans this morning. What a win for the New Jersey Devils in Madison Square Garden last night. Off the stick of Dougie Hamilton in overtime, 2-1. to one. Welcome to the Trap Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Bill Botch, and I am accompanied by Kyle and Bill Sr., who are also going to be phoning in uh, to the show. You guys there? Hey, what's up, Billy? Thanks for having us. What's going on, guys? What's up, buddy? Quite the technical to be a devil fan. Quite the technical difficulty so far. Um, we need an engineer. We do. I mean, you would like to think that this is the time when Bobby would be able to step in and kind of handle things. How the hell am I supposed to get all the way down to Florida? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sending you down there. I just, you know, <laughs> I buy all this equipment. I have all this shit and we're still phone calling in. That's not my problem. You didn't, I didn't sign off for the shit. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. So anyway, um, it was a busy day yesterday, so we'll break it down. So yesterday I kind of went online and I trolled some Ranger fans for the first time on Twitter. Dan Rosen posted that he was, he posted the seats at the garden and they gave away a free t-shirt to everybody at the garden for all their fans that don't wear jerseys and are coming from the office to the game. Uh, I thought it was strange being that everyone probably doesn't wear the same size t-shirt, uh, if I had to guess, but, and I thought it was weird that the colors were blue and orange kind of look like their rivals, the New York Islanders, but I kind of went trolling some Ranger fans and I got a lot of responses. I got like over 10,000 views, which I thought was kind of funny and a hundred and something likes, um, I could definitely see a lot of chads wearing that shirt under their Wall Street um, vest uniform for the for for years to come. So that is very encouraging, and uh, that was really cute what the Rangers did with their with their giveaway. Uh, I I ended up I I threw my Nemitz jersey on and I headed up to the boardwalk in Asbury to go for a walk and see check out the boardwalk scene. A lot of Devil fans up there got a lot of shouts, a lot of Let's Go Devils which is awesome to see. It's good to see that there's so many people that are involved and um, and it shows that what kind of uh, passion and what kind of fan base the team has when they have a good season. So that was kind of fun. But the truth is every minute felt like an hour and I was just waiting for this game to get underway. What did you guys do during the day? I know that we were all, um, we were all very anxious about this game and I know that time moves very slow when you're waiting for a game, especially an eight eight o'clocker. Uh, what did you guys do during the day yesterday? Yesterday was my travel day. Uh, I was traveling back down to Florida, so time doesn't move slow when you're flying United. Time time comes to a standstill. Uh, it took uh, 
I was also wearing, I was wearing a devil t-shirt and a devil hat yesterday. And I was getting some looks in the airport too. It was pretty cool. It's like a secret society and stuff. Like you get the head nod and stuff. And it's like, you know, you're not getting a ton of people yelling, let's go devils because we just lost two in a row. But, uh, but it was pretty cool. And just something that needs to be said, United sucks. Um, but uh, you yeah, flew back. You flew back yesterday, Dad. The game. I did. I flew back. I had a nine o'clock flight, and I made it home in the house by four. So my two-hour flight took. Uh, I don't know. I was just happy this one actually took off. Okay. Um, yeah, I did fly back yesterday. Okay. And I'm flying back down on Thursday for uh, for the game. But, um, yeah, I, I couldn't wait either. I couldn't wait either. I set up the backyard. Me and Kyle tried to figure out my house electronics. It, it just might be my house or whatever because we couldn't get regular TV uh, in the backyard. It was uh, it was pretty hard to uh, get the TV figured out. But we, uh, me, Kyle, and uh, Mom watched the game in the backyard last night. What did you do during the day yesterday, Kyle? I went to the beach with my family. It was uh, absolutely gorgeous out uh, down here. And, um, you know, that helped things kind of move along. Uh, Eight o'clock start. Knew it was going to be a long day from the moment I woke up. But, um, yeah, then I went over to uh, mom and dad's house and the rest is history. Yeah, so one of the things that we caught wind of during the afternoon was – that Miles Wood was, in fact, scratched from the lineup. Lazar was penciled in. And also, Brendan Smith was going to be a healthy scratch. And Kevin Ball and Jonas Siegenthaler, who was scratched for him, which was ridiculous, is also, was also going to be in. So at least most Devil fans felt comfortable knowing that the right players were going to be playing in the game. Akira Schmid was going to get the nod in net. I think... You know, a lot of people in the hockey community outside of the Devils fan base were thought it was a really huge move, but I think most Devils fans were comfortable with it and knew that it needed to be done. We've seen what Schmidt is capable of, and um, and we're going to get into him. But So all of these moves, in my opinion, were the correct moves. Now, what they were going to do with the actual lineup was another story. So the practice that they had yesterday, or I guess it was Saturday or Friday, the 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 practice lineup looked really shaky, and I wasn't really too thrilled with the line combinations that I was seeing. But going into the game, and you know, Ruff did in fact put some lines together that I actually felt pretty comfortable with. So I've always preferred Heisher with Brat. I think the two of them work really well together. Brat opens up a lot of ice, is a puck carrier. Um, is able to maneuver in small spaces. And then you have Heischer, who's very responsible defensively, can play 200 foot. He's a combination of, you know, grit and skill um, and can play in front of the net. And then you had Timo Meyer on the wing. Now, Meyer has been playing on the third line with Halla and Boquist for the last throughout the end of the season, which I thought he's looked really good on, but giving him an opportunity to play alongside two of your best players and his fellow countryman, Nico Heischer, I thought that this is a great opportunity to get him more ice time and potentially open up the game for him and let him do his thing. He's obviously a very physical power forward who likes to shoot. And I was really excited to see what this line was able to bring to a game where the Devils really had their backs up against the wall and we're going to need their best players to really perform if they wanted a chance to win after the past two games that they've performed in. They move Halla up from the third line, have him play on Jack Hughes' wing, who obviously those two have had a ton of chemistry. When Hughes went on his you know, his scoring heater, uh, Halla was, was playing on left wing with him, and he does a lot of the stuff that Hughes doesn't really want to do. He doesn't want to get in front of the net and crash the net. He doesn't want to get into the corners and the hard parts of the ice or block a shot, and he played with Palat on the right side. Tatar 
They moved McLeod up from the fourth line to the third line, and they played Tatar with McLeod and Mercer. Now, this this is where the bottom six gets a little funky. They bring Boquist back up into the lineup, which I thought was the correct move. They bring Lazar in, and they play Bastion. Lazar goes from not playing any hockey at all to playing center in a system that is pretty tough on centers. I actually I would have preferred to maybe play Boquist at center. Um, nonetheless, these bottom six, I think there's still room for improvement in them. Um, McLeod has played very, very well. So he it's not that he doesn't deserve some sort of promotion. Um, and you look at the way Tatar and Mercer have played with Heischer, and you think if McLeod can be the poor man's, and by poor man's, I mean very poor man's version of Nico Heischer, maybe there's chemistry between Tatar and Mercer. And the, at least we know that McLeod can win face-offs and he can, he's good on the forecheck. He really is. So maybe there's an opportunity for that line to create something. Um, they, they put Siegenthaler back with Hamilton. The Graves-Marino pairing is back together and Ball and Severson were back together. So what did you guys think of that lineup going into the game last night? I liked I liked our defensive pairings. I liked the you know the fact that they were going to put uh, Schmid in goal. Um, McLeod has been playing good. He's been playing real good, but I would still have had him centering the the fourth line. I would have put Boquist up into the the third line just for the fact that you know I don't know it just maybe a little more. Uh, Maybe a little more speed. Um, how about you, Kyle? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a fresh look at that, you know, trying to shake things up, and which I, you know, I can respect that. Um, I think the, the biggest takeaways that we got out of it, and we essentially got everything that we wanted in the sense that Brendan Smith was out, Alice Wood was out, and Akira Schmid was starting. So, you know, if Libby wants to to shuffle the lines a little bit to try and shake things up, I'm okay with that. Just as long as we're not putting in people that, you know, and that's not to say Vanacek. I'm talking about Wood and and Smith here. But if he wants to shake things up, coming off of you know 0 and 2, you're trying to to you know get a, juice a little life into this team. I'm, I'm I was okay with it. Yeah. Uh, um, I was okay with it too. I actually kind of like the lines going into the game, to be honest with you. Um, like you said, Schmidt gets his first nod, and you we're going to jump right into him. And it, it, this is a guy who – this is a very tough situation for a 22-year-old goaltender to be put into. You know, goalies take a lot more time to develop. It, it's not – it's not uncommon for a goalie to be 23, 24 years old before they start to make their debut in the NHL. Schmid, we know what he, we know what we've seen in the regular season, but this is a completely different animal. You're sending him in down to nothing. The team has played like shit in front of the in front of Vanacek in the previous two games. It's been complete domination. You're sending him into Madison Square Garden against your biggest rivals. Um, in a game that eventually goes into overtime. I mean, the amount of pressure that is put on a goaltender, in particular, more than any other player in a game in overtime where literally your season is on the line. Um, after he let up that first goal, he literally had to be perfect in, for, in order for the Devils to... For, basically save the season and let's get into him. I mean, I was so impressed with this start. This was a start that is a, could be a defining moment in a person's career. The amount of calmness that he brought to not just the team, but the crease to where it, it, it actually bled over into the Rangers. Like if you think about it, his rebound control was literally outstanding um, I think that how calm he was affected the game and the play in front of him. Um, 
because at no point was he scrambling for pucks in front of his own net. There was no scrambling going on at all. It was very structured. Pucks were dead as soon as they hit him. The amount of movement that he made in net was so tactical and so precise. I mean, the precision, he's not giving, making any movements or any effort into and using any extra energy unless it's completely needed. It goes such a long way. Like he, he's going to end up, um, he's going to, I think he's just going to be the goaltender of the future moving forward for the Devils. I think this was, it gives you, I'm not comparing him to Marty Brodeur, but it gives you uh, a look. I've always compared him to Pekka I think he plays the same kind of game. He's very tall. He's very in control. Um, but Kyle, what, what were your thoughts on Akira Schmid? Yeah, I mean, again, what wasn't to like about what you saw to him? He came in and looked like he was, you know, had won three Stanley Cups and was a veteran. I mean, just so calm, cool, and collected. Um, he's, he just, his movement is just, I mean, again, impeccable. Um, he looks like a statue standing, standing there. Um, and again, he just kind of has that stoic demeanor. Um, I, I would be very, very surprised if he doesn't get the start in, in game four. Um, he's I think he, I he's think definitely he to, he's yeah. definitely getting the start in game yeah. four. Yeah, you, I think you just have to roll with him. Um, it almost looked like the Rangers were a little bit um, trying to get a little too cute with the puck, trying to, you know, they were they looked a little shook by by the changeup. Yeah, he, he looked, he looked, you know, he looked fantastic. How funny was it in the interviews afterwards where um, they were like, well, were you really nervous? He was like, yeah. And he's still the same face, you know, nothing. He looks, he looks cool as a cucumber, man. And he's just no unnecessary movements. Just he, he looked fantastic. This could be the story of, you know, the 2023 Stanley Cup. You know, it really, if you were, if, you know, if you're putting together a script on, you know, uh, a new hero and stuff, he played, he played amazing. He really did. He did. And you, you kind of, go ahead. I'm hoping that he's our franchise goalie. <laughs> I'm hoping we just stumbled upon our franchise goalie. Well, we, we have been grooming him for a little while now. It's not like he came out of nowhere. But the point is, he went from playing in the USHL two years ago, and now he's playing in, you know, he's playing in front of, on primetime television at Madison Square Garden in overtime, and he did not look flustered at all. The kid has ice in his veins, and that's exactly what you need if you're a goaltender. I mean, we know what good goaltending looks like. And Marty Brodeur was very, very hard to, be, to get flustered. This happens every year. There's a goaltender that comes out of nowhere and plays in the playoffs. Um, and by out of nowhere, I use that in quotation marks because obviously all these kids have been working very hard and the teams know what they have before they throw a kid into net. But this happens every year. I mean, you've seen it happen with Matt Murray and you've seen it happen with, it happened with Brodeur in the 94 season. Um, he played some games in the regular season too, but he really came onto the scene in the playoffs and Schmidt just looks incredible. He's definitely going to get the start in game four. And what I think it did was I think it allowed, I think our, our defense felt very, very comfortable with him and net knowing that he was going to stop uh, pretty much everything. And he wasn't letting up rebounds and it allowed them to really push play from the back end. This was the first game that our defensives jumped into the play um, in this series. And that's a big part of our game. Like Dougie Hamilton, without him jumping into the play, is not that effective of a defenseman. So it, it was it was really important. I think our entire defensive core played extremely, extremely well. This was the best defensive game we've played in the series. But not only that, I think this is the the best defensive game that the Devils have played in a very long time. I agree. I agree. And if you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but if you, if you watch the uh, interview, uh, you know, the Rangers coach was saying, those are the best two games we have ever played. 
the first two games of the series he's talking about. So, you know, pretty big combination. Well, I, I think that the the defensive core was it was their best it was their best showing in a very long time. Jonas Siegenthaler came back into the lineup. I wouldn't say I think out of all of out of, out of the three pairings, I think the Hamilton Siegenthaler pairing was the, actually the weakest out of them. Even though he did play more physical, he stepped up at, at the blue line on I think it was Truba maybe or Zabanajad. He um he played they played really good, but to me, I think the Graves Marino pairing really held it down, and also the Severson Ball pairing. Those two those two um, pairings were they they were pretty. Um, I mean, they really didn't make any bad plays. Like they 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 moved the puck really well. They pushed everything to the outside. They didn't allow any kind of traffic in front of the net. I mean, Graves took two penalties, which the penalties in the game I thought were were pretty weak. Um, this is the playoffs, and we had I believe it was three interference penalties on us. I I was not a fan of the penalties. Um, I think you have to let the teams play. I'm not. I'm not a blame the referee guy. So this goes even as far as I thought that the the penalty on Shesterkin was a bad call that actually led to the Devils' goal. But we had one, two. We had three interference penalties. Um, I don't know. I think that you have to let the you have to let them play a little bit. And it was. I thought they were kind of weak. Did you guys? Especially like, I, what was the call on on Graves that was a high sticking call? I believe it was. It. I went and I watched it again. It looks. I didn't see him hit him with a stick. Now, obviously, Graves didn't really argue the point, and it looked like Kane had a little herpy on his lip. Um, I, I I don't know. Did you guys Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I thought the officiating was particularly week last uh, last night um, again I'm not a blame the ref refs either um, I felt like we got away with one um, I forget what I forget what happened so it could have it could have gone either way um, but either way we, we got to stay out of the box I mean their their power play is just too good um, and I think we I think that our penalty kill really showed up last night. We did a really good job, but you just don't want to put yourself in that position because it's, you're just playing with fire. Yeah. We obviously, we obviously took way too many penalties. Um, we, we ended up with five penalties and we were able to kill them all. And I think Schmidt was a big part of that too. I think he was, he was in position. It didn't give him a lot to shoot at. He's a big kid. He's six foot five. You know, he stopped 35 of 36 shots. Kreider had the goal, which they end up, the Rangers ended up going up one nothing, um, uh, three minutes and 39 seconds into the second period. I thought the Devils played a really good first period. Um, and he, he ends up coming off the rush and he scores. It was, it was a goal that Schmidt probably should have had. It was a good shot, don't get me wrong. But after that, he went 35 of 36 with a 972 save percentage and he saved 2.8 goals above expected so he really really played well um and i was talking about the defensive pairings i really like what i see out of the marino graves pairing those two have had a little bit of a rough go of it in the past couple of games especially marino marino has not looked like himself lately and I thought he played a really strong game. It was good to see them jumping into the play. But all, uh, on top of that, the Ball-Severson pairing has been a mismatch. And going into the series, I said that I kind of liked Damon Severson to be a guy that's way under the radar. You're talking about a fifth defenseman who I think could make a difference in this. And sure enough, even in their two losses, Damon Severson has played really well. I think he's been probably our best defenseman. And he had another good game in game three. He led all devils in game scoring. Uh, at He had expected goal percentage of 74%. So he was really kind of driving play. 
Um, and he's played a pretty smart game and he hasn't done anything, you know, he hasn't done any, made any costly errors as far as giving away the puck in his own end. Um, I like to think that Severson is going, that pairing is going to make a crucial play. I, I like what I see out of them. I think that there is an opportunity for Severson to get on the board in game four. I really do. What What do you guys think so far of our, um, of our defensive core in last night's game? They played perfect. I thought that they were, you know, I think that was seemed like the biggest difference between the first two games and last night was them jumping into play. And, you know, you wonder how much that has to do with, and not, you know, not saying that, you know, Banachek was particularly bad or anything, but you see how, you know, Playing in front of Blackwood, the team seemed to play a little differently. And, um, you know, us had maybe having a little more confidence to be able to pinch and, you know, do stuff that we didn't do in the first first game, playing a little more conservative, the second game playing more conservative. I think that them them jumping into play made a big difference because all of them jumped into yeah, but play. Vanacek, was but, but Vanacek played majority of the games this year too. You know what I mean? Like this, this wasn't a Blackwood thing. You know what I mean? No, it's not a Blackwood thing. And I didn't mean to, to say it like that. I was just saying how it's, it's like, I don't know why, but a lot of times it seems like the teams play different in front of different people. Um, and if you look at the, you know, his analytics this year, he didn't have, you know, he didn't have 30 something wins like Vanacek, but his analytics, he had uh, probably the best save percentage. And, um, you know, it's, I don't they just, our defense looked particularly good. They looked particularly uh, relaxed playing in front of him. It was our best defensive game by far. Kyle, you got any comments on the, on the uh, defense? Yeah, no, I mean, I thought, I, I think that, um, I think Marino had a, a really good game. Um, again, uh, I thought that we were, our defense looked good. I still think that we were a little sloppy with the first pass breaking out. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we iced the puck a, a couple too many times. And, I, you know, I feel like there's, they left a, a lot to be desired in terms of just kind of clean play. I thought a lot, I thought they were still, and, and it's not just the defense. I thought the team just in general was a little sloppy. To- um, t- totally agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, it felt like we saw a glimmer of the devils that we know. That's, that's how I felt when right. I, when I was looking at it, I said, right. this is, I'm starting to see, a part of the devils that we know. And like a big part of this game to me was the amount of open ice there. There was, there was literally, um, it was the first time that there's been some open ice where the devils could use their speed. And they started doing that and they started engaging from the back end. I also felt like this was the first game that the devils played that they played it like it was a playoff game. So, when, and when I say that, I mean, they, they managed the game. They took what was given to them, and when they had opportunities to use their speed, they did. They were opportunistic. Um, but they didn't try to force it, and they, they, they weren't trying to play over their heads. I felt like the last two games, they were running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Um, but I think that I wonder what this means for game four. Do you think that the that the ice is going to open up? Do you think that um, – what do you think? I mean, do, do you think the ice is going to open up or do you think that it's going to – that the Rangers are going to try to tighten this up again and we're going to be able to it's, – it's curious. It could, it, could get, it could go either way. You know what I mean? Like are there – basically what I'm getting at is are the Devils now thinking with – are they going to play with more confidence and with more speed and are they going to engage from the back end more – and is it going to open up and lend itself to the Devils game, or are the Rangers going to try to shut everything down the way that they did in games one and two, which I'm assuming they would want to. But the problem is, if the Devils get up on the Rangers early, it's going to ca- it's going to make the Rangers um, 
have to change your game a little bit and they're going to have to try to score, which should open up the ice and lend itself to our game even more. You know, you look at what Timo Meyer did last night, for instance, Timo Meyer was like a bull in a China shop. He was everywhere. This is a guy who's literally built for the playoffs. He has his finger on the pulse of every facet of the game. You know, he blocked a shot last night. He took a hit to the head last night and was went down. He freaking ran the goalie last night and created a penalty that the Devils ended up scoring on. He next to Kira, he was definitely by far our best our best player on the ice. I was, don't think that's I don't think there anybody came close to him. Uh he he was all over the ice. I mean Jesper Bratt had a really good game too. But the point is this is the kind of player that he is making a direct impact on the game. I mean, like, there's no doubt about it. In all three games, he has made a direct impact, whether or not they got their asses kicked or not in the first two. You have to like what you've seen out of Timo Meyer, And if this is a guy that could be a very important piece of the Devils winning playoff games. You, they have to sign him long term. And I just, I think that he's brought more to the team. He's brought as much to the team in the playoffs as any player so far that play, that's put on a devil's uniform, in my opinion. Yeah. He looks tough as nails. He wants, you it. know, he's, he, he, he's totally committed. You could just see he was totally committed last night and that's, you know, for his short tenure with the team, you know, he was, he was all in. And I think you drag other people in with you when you play like that. Right. You do, um, and it wasn't just him. It, it was that line. That line really was, I mean, so Timo had five shots on goal. Jesper Bratt had five shots on goal, and Nico Heischer had four shots on goal. So that line had 14 shots on goal, which is pretty crazy. They drove a ton of play, and you go down, you start looking at their stats. So when our first line was on the ice, the Nico line, the shot attempts were 21 to nine in our favor, 70 Corsi percentage. Um, our scoring chances for 73.68% high danger scoring chances percentage, hundred percent. So we had, when they were on the ice, we're the only ones that had high danger scoring chances. Expected goals percentage, 77.57%. And the overall shots on goal were 14 to four. So, I mean, when you talk about domination, that line literally dominated last night, which is good to see because we haven't had any kind of domination or anything positive to talk about in the previous two games to where this is a line that you obviously are going to want to stick together and um, see what they could do moving forward. But it has a little bit of everything. I think Nico Heischer looks like a guy to me who is growing in front of our very eyes. Like he kind of reminded me, you know, in the playoffs game one, he, he started off. It was like the first or second shift where he had a shot on net from like just inside the blue line. And he drove the net as hard as he could and got in there and got rough. Like he knew what his job was. He's, he knew he knows he's the captain of the team. He knows he has to lead by example the team knows that it's not his game to be getting into scrums and fighting after every whistle, but he knows what he has to do. And you're watching this guy, he go from a boy to a man really. And last night when he got hit after the whistle and he went after Fox and grabbed him by the throat and put him up against the glass, it, he, and then Zabanajad gave him a shot. With Zabanajad a jumped in. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, and everybody yeah. wanted a piece of him. And you could tell he had that like anger in his face. And it was like, this is, it's like watching a, it's like watching, um, you know, a young Michael Corleone go from being a, a good, a, a good kid to turning over to the dark side or like watching, you know, Anakin, Anakin Skywalker go from a, a good kid to the dark side. He literally, he, you could tell he just had like a fire in him and he had an anger in him. And he had that, that, you know, you need that. You need that from your leader, especially. And we saw it with Scott Stevens. It's like nobody pushed Scott Stevens around. And it's like he was willing to do whatever it took with anybody out there. And 
to see him go after Fox the way he did, just because Fox is such an important piece on their team, it was really it was really encouraging. I really liked what I saw out of Heisher last night. He was on fire. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look at look at how they played their game. Tell me, tell me, Jack didn't have a uh, bullseye on his back. You know, everybody was trying to take an extra shot at him, and it's you know it's hockey. It's the playoffs. They're, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to try and shut down their their top players. Um, and for the most part, you know, they, they kind of are. He's turning over the puck a lot. But, um, you know, us doing the same thing, I like that. I like that we're, you know, not trying to play match up with them physically or anything like that, but just playing tough. Just, you know, not taking – like you said, Nico's not a, a a fighter, you know, stuff. Just standing up for yourself, standing up for your teammates. Yeah, so he played really good. Um, he didn't get credit for any block shots, but I remember specifically a play where he dove in front of um, he, uh, uh, whoever he hit it with it was, a stick. Yeah, whoever it was that was making that had a, a big shot that was about to go on net, and he deflected the puck. Uh, he didn't get credit for that, but um, you just see him going all out, and then you and then you had Jesper Bratt on the other line, and it's like on the other side. I thought Jesper Bratt. This was the game that he really needed. Um, he's been kind of quiet. What was funny was he, in my opinion, he looked a little sloppy in the first period. He lost his edge a couple times, which obviously he's known for his edge work. I think him and Hughes had a a tough time skating. They were. People were flopping around all over the ice. I don't, it looked, there were so many people falling that I, I it was actually like, I, I was like thinking to myself, like, this is like, so just like, not, this isn't my chance. You know what I mean? Like, what are the chances that all these people are just falling? Um, right. And, right. and he ended up, uh, he got his game together and and boy did he ever. He was our best player last night in my opinion. He's got an expected goals for a 7 uh 6 2 which led our team. He had five shots on net. He had two uh he had two assists. He was involved in both goals. Um it was good to see him skate with the puck through the neutral zone. He really does when he's playing well. It really lends itself to the rest of the team being able to do a lot of things and what he does is he creates a lot of space and people know that they, they have to back up a little bit when he has the puck and he's skating with speed through the zone. And when, and when the defensemen have to back up a little bit, cause he, they can get burned. It just lends itself to allowing players to join the rush. And that's pretty much exactly what happened in overtime. He had the puck and was able to, um, you know, there, there, he, there was a play where he actually came down on the rush and then kind of hit the brakes and it turned into a two on one where he had a, it was one of the best devil scoring chances of the night where he tried to go five hole on Shesterkin. And I think it was Truba that slid across and almost took his feet out. You wonder like, do you go down to your knees and draw that and draw that trip and then still try to get a shot on net or a pass away. And it's hard to judge because it's a very split second decision, but I think there was an opportunity to to draw a tripping call there, but either way, he he ends up he draws people to him, and then he's able to stick handle in tight spaces, and then he's able to hit trailers, and that's exactly what he did with Dougie Hamilton, who ended up going bar down for the winner. Um, but for Jesper Bratt right. to play that well, um, it goes a long way because he's a guy who's obviously going to be looking for a contract extension. He's an important part of this team. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a foundational piece. You have to get him going. Like it's very hard for the Devils to win if they don't have Hughes or if they don't have Heisher or Bratt or Meyer and and Dougie on the back end going. Like you need those five players to really drive play for your entire team. And um, last night was a real. Last night was a standout performance from Brat, who I think actually got off to a bit of a rough start, but was able to recoup and get back into things. He took the the penalty that they called on him. In my opinion, was bullshit. He is allowed to. He is he's allowed to the ice he's as much as anybody that else. Ice, yeah. Um, so yeah. I th- I thought that was weak. Um, but what did you think of Brat's play last night? I 
I thought he played great. And I think that I think that he had them wondering why, you know, Truba hitting the ice like that is because, you know, you, you've seen him a million times through the years, like go down the outside real, real quick and then do that little stutter step and then lower the shoulder and, you know, drive around to the net. And, you know, when he pulled up and then Truba went down and he came in front and tried to go five hole, Anchesterkin, um, you know, it's, you know, I'm not going to fall for that again. I'm not going to let him do that thing and dip his shoulder and get around me. Um, I think that, that he, they didn't know what he was going to do and he is pretty fast. So I think that had a lot to do with all, I think it had a lot to do with the goal too. Um, just, you know, guys are like playing on their heels a little when they're, when they were around him. And I'm glad that he, you know, he didn't break out. I'd like to see him score goals and stuff like that. But he definitely was a, a big contributor last night. Yeah, he was, he was really important. I mean, I think the, the Devils, um, they did a lot of things. A lot of things were different last night than they were in the first two games. And and I think a lot of it was they played with speed. And um they actually, the Rangers gave the puck away more last night than they did in the first two games. They had 19 giveaways. That is quite a bit. The Devils, 10 of them were, were takeaways from the Devils, but the Devils ended up with only 15 giveaways. You'd like to see them tighten that up a bit. The Devils spent way too much time in the box. They got to clean that up if they expect to win. You can't expect to, to kill five power plays a game or six power plays a game, whatever it was. Um. Six penalties. I think our our yeah, our, PK, our PK played really well. We, we actually won the special teams battle. We scored a goal on our power play. Um, there was a there was a you know we ran our second power play unit out there for a while, who I think has looked just as good, if not better, than our first power play. You see, the the Rangers play a very aggressive penalty kill. They like to be right on top of people and that should lend itself to the devils. If you're able to move the puck with any kind of execution, there's going to be a guy left open. Um, but we, we haven't had really any good looks. I don't like the Jack Hughes carrying the puck over the blue line and facing four defenders at once and just trying to throw the puck to whoever I prefer brat carrying the puck into the, into the zone, but it's been tough. I mean, Dougie Hamilton definitely, um, Definitely was firing last night, which was good to see. You want to see him shooting the puck. He obviously has a, yeah. a knack How for many getting shots the pucks. Did he, have? he seemed to have a lot of shots last night. He had three shots. That's it. Well, it seemed like he had more. Pull it up. Um so so yeah, it, it was it was it was our power plays is still a problem in my opinion. Um, you have to get something going. You know, I just like the way that the Devils handled the entire game. Like, they they were able to be, they took a little bit of, you know, they took a little note out of what the Rangers do. The Rangers like to be very opportunistic, and I thought when the Devils had a chance, they weren't forcing things. They were dumping pucks in. They were getting pucks deep, which Andre Palat didn't do. And he brought the puck out in his own zone to the to the blue line and then never got it deep and it ended up turning into the only goal that the Rangers had. And Palat knows better. That's that's a bonehead play. That's something that you don't expect to see from a veteran. I think he did play pretty well last night. He's playing he's he now he's just he's trying so hard, clearly. He's trying to take people out and he's playing extremely physical um because he hasn't had he hasn't produced in so long that I think he's trying to do a little too much. If I, if I'm being honest, um, he just right, needs he just right. needs to be somebody that can just kind of be there and do the dirty work and get in front of the net, and it'll come for him. I have no doubt. It's just right now he's trying to be in a million places at the same time. He's trying to be the most physical person on the ice, and he's trying to support Hughes and do this and do that. And it's like he's spreading himself way too thin. Yeah, I didn't think he had a great game last night. Uh, so I'm, you know, run into our player 
run into our players twice. And um, I had to say it uh, 10 times last night to Kyle. It was like, you know, you owe us. It's like you got the, you know, we picked him up because he's the, you know, he's the ultimate playoff player. Um, and I'm just waiting for that to happen. And, you know, it's going to happen because he is that player. But just, you know, carrying the puck along the blue line like that. And he wasn't the only one that did that, which I think is a really, which is a really dangerous thing to do against uh, against the Rangers. Um, I think you can't go, you know, you can't go horizontal across the blue line and run the risk of exactly what happening happened. Um, you got it. You got to get the, you know, if you don't have, if you don't have a move, just dump it in the corner. Um, but I'm waiting. Hopefully next game is his game where, you know, we see the plot from Tampa Bay that, you know, gets all the clutch goals. And, you know, I was thinking we, we were thinking this is Dougie time for, you know, overtime. But I was saying to Kyle, I was like, this should be Pilat time. This should be, this is when he shines. It's, you know, in the past, it's when he shines. So. Yeah. I, there was, a, you know, throughout the game, there was a couple, there was more than a couple um, instances where the devils had the Rangers on the ropes and, um, you know, this, this entire, this entire conversation could be completely different if a puck bounces the wrong way last night. Let's be real. I think the devil's no, absolutely. The devil's had to do more. If when you're fighting for your season is on the line and the Rangers are fighting just to go up three, nothing. Um, the Devils should have won this one in regulation. But with that said, there were a bunch of opportunities where the Devils really gassed the Rangers and the Rangers couldn't keep up with the Devils' speed and they got hemmed in their zone. Truba and Lindgren um, in particular were, were both gassed at multiple times throughout the game. I think there's an opportunity for the Devils to take advantage of Mikola. Um, if you give, you know, what's funny is like Jack Hughes can play like, I thought he played like shit for the first, I don't know, 25 minutes of the game, but he still plays with so much speed that even when he has a bad game, he can still affect the game. So he has such an effect on the game still just because he plays with so much speed and plays with the puck on a stick so much. So he seemed to be like flailing all over the ice. He couldn't keep his, he couldn't stay on his feet. Um, and it looked like the ice in the garden yeah. was crap because there was literally a bouncing puck. Like every puck was bouncing. It looked like the, the ice was horrible. Um, but, and that doesn't lend itself towards us if we're trying to play a, a really fast transition game. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to slow things down, you'd prefer it to, it to be the ice to be slow and to be uh, right. Right. And, and for bouncing pucks, but Right. And he did, and he, he hasn't looked particularly good. Um, you know, and you think he's our star player and yet he still has half our goals. It's like, go figure. Um, well, we only have, you know, we only have I know, I know, but I'm saying it's like, I, I, I'd be the first one to be saying last night that boy, what he's having a really terrible, we were texting. It was like, boy, he's having a really terrible, you know, series here and, you know, he's got, he's got two of the four goals. Um, so you, you got to think that he's gonna, he's going to come around to just like Pilat. Um, I thought, I thought we were going to win the game last night and then we went to overtime. I was legit, you know, worried. I was like, this isn't the way I thought we were going to win. I thought we were going to come out and win like a, uh, a five, two game or a four, two game where, you know, you know, the floodgates are going to break and we're going to put a couple pucks in the net and stuff. And when it was that tight, um, you know, we got back to, to Lindy's old saying, you know, be comfortable playing when you're uncomfortable or whatever, whatever his saying is. And they did. So they played yeah. really smart. They didn't try to, they didn't try to force anything. I thought they, you know, w I think that we have the talent to where if you don't have anything, dump it in like, and, and then allow right. you and allow right. yourself to live another day and live another shift. And, and we did, and we saw that like, you know, 
it it was touch and go there for a, that was a very very stressful game and and just to speak on that real quick it's like i haven't had a hockey game mean that much in a very long time any sporting event really mean that much in a really long time the entire game came down to one period of play going into the third period i thought to myself this could be the next goal wins kind of thing and uh you got to score more goals. You have to. Otherwise, it's going to be really tough to beat these guys. Um, and, and, and my biggest takeaway was I saw, I saw a part of the team that we watched all season last night for the first time. And I just keep thinking, does this give them confidence? And does this turn into a more open series now? Or are the and because the Devils are going to try to do that and they're going to try to engage their defense and they're going to try to take they're going to take away the the good stuff that they got out of this game and they're going to try to build on it. Um, but are the Rangers going to be able to clog things up and shut it down the way they did in games one and two? And you would think, well, why wouldn't they do that in game three? And I think it's just the way that the games play out. Like everything, like sometimes if the devils play with speed and they're able to execute their, their outlet passes in particular, it forces the Rangers to have to play with more speed and have to try to keep up with them. And it's like, and that's when they get gassed. But I I wonder if the devil's defensive core can play the way that they did last night and they can be even sharper on their execution and on their first pass and on their breakouts. I think that it could actually, it could really like, tilt the ice in our favor now if they can't and they still have those jitters and they still look very confused by what's going on then it tends itself, you know lends itself to the rangers so i think having having schmidt and net gives the devils a sense of security and vanacek has been great all season so this is no knock on vanacek at all i just think that vanacek he there's a lot more movement he's not as big there's more loose pucks around him. When I tell you that, I mean, Schmidt looks like he he smoked a bowl before he went out there. He was so calm. <laughs> and and not only that, I'm just talking about like in front of his net, there was nothing going on because nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? Pucks would come to him and they would die on him. And it's like he would have a shot from in between the in between the dots on him, no rebound, nothing. And he was just really surgical i cannot say enough good things about akira schmidt and i mean you heard ray ferraro last night just totally talking him up and saying how impressed he was and i think i think we're on to something here i mean we know how good he is we've seen him play all season but to be put into a situation like that as a kid um this could be this guy could be something else i mean i'm telling you he's he's to me he's pecorine I've heard other people compare him to the way that he plays to Henrik Lundqvist. I've heard people compare him to um, UC Saros. Uh, there's there's all kinds, all, all good comparisons, by the way. Not Nemitz's Bobby Orr comparison, but either way, very, very good. And um, it just adds a, another total dimension to the devils. It's like, I can't believe we wasted our time with Mackenzie Blackwood for so long. Um, but he's obviously going to get the nod tomorrow night and we'll see what happens. I mean, tomorrow night is huge and all of the pressure is on the Rangers at this point. The Rangers are going to be in front yeah, of their them. home crowd and they know if they lose this one, it's going to be two, two, the devils have all the momentum and they'll be playing two or three games in Newark, which obviously home ice advantage in Newark is not as big as home ice advantage in New York. But regardless, it does lend itself to us being able to make the last change and get the matchups that we want. And the Devils f- fan base will be out of control if the Devils are able to win tomorrow night. That's a big stage to play on. If you're a Ranger, uh, if you're a Ranger player or coach or anything to do with that organization, you have a lot of expectations riding on tomorrow night and it's going to be a big one. And the devils are going to have to play better than they did last night. If they want to win tomorrow night, guaranteed. They, 
Yeah, they are. They're definitely going to have to play better because that wasn't their big game. And that actually, that, that makes me feel better. It's like you know, last night, like I said, I expected them to come out and play their big game. I expected them to win the game, but win it like much more decisively, not bring it to overtime. And, um, you know, we still have that big game. I feel like we're, you know, we still have that one in our back pocket and it's going to, man, if it shows up tomorrow night, the, the Rangers are in trouble. The, you know, they're going to have be having flashbacks of last year and it's just, you know. But you have to think that, that the Rangers are going to play a lot more detailed and a lot more stingy. Absolutely. They're, they're going to be playing Absolutely. with their lives on the line. So uh, it's going to be good is what it's going to be. It's going to be a really good game. Now, what would you do? You're putting together lineups. What do you have any suggestions as to what you would do as far as the the Devils line combinations? As far as changing the lineups from last night? Yeah, you're saying that you weren't a fan of the lineup. I would, would yeah. Do? I I would well, no, I'm you know what? And it's I'm not a big fan of change even though I know that they change it all the time and it's why I'm not a head coach and you know you know we 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 say what they should do all the time and you know we don't have you know we don't have the experience Lindy does we do know that that guys like Miles Wood and Smith have no right on the ice or Blackwood uh during this playoff but I would change I would change the third line I would have I would say that McLeod should play on the fourth line um you know, keep the wing, uh, move uh, Lazar to a wing. And, um, you know, now you have a legit fourth line and put Boquist for, for his speed up uh, at center on the third line. So who, who's centered in the right? third Is line? Is that right? Is it wrong? I don't know. Boquist. Okay. Boquist is centering Tatar and um, Mercer. I would, that's, I, that's, what, that's what I would do. Yeah. That's what I would think. I think that I know that McLeod's been playing good, and they do. He's on the ice a lot. I mean, he's on the ice with, with at some point in time last night, he was on with the first, second, third, and fourth line because of his faceoffs. But, you know, he, we didn't have a fourth line last night. I didn't feel like we had a fourth line. No, we didn't. Night. The fourth line did not play um, good, and Lazar did not play good. I'm thinking I would probably move – Halla back to third line center and do um I would probably move Halla back to third line center and then move Tatar up to play with Hughes and Palat and then play uh Boquist Halla Mercer and then Lazar McLeod Bastion and if you, you, and you know it, what really, what re, you know what really sucks. It seems like every time we move Mercer to the third line, he disappears. Oh, it's not even that. Mercer has been god awful. He has been but so you, bad. You, I don't think he's god awful. I just think that it's like I didn't say he's god you know, awful. I said was, he's it, playing god awful. He has been. He has not right. played well. He has played really, really bad. Like he's been non-existent. To where, honestly. He doesn't belong playing on the third line right now. And you can't sacrifice your first line just to get him going. I mean, Brat and Meyer. No, so no, good. I don't think you can. I don't think you can, but he but he played he played well when he played with Hughes on the second line. He played well when he Did played he? with Nico. Everybody seems I don't know to if he well I don't I don't know if he played he I don't think he played that good with Hughes to be honest with you. No. No, I don't think he did. He played really good with he sure obviously. He didn't play good with Hughes. I would play him I, with I, I would play him with I I would do I would play Boquist Hughes uh Boquist Hall of Mercer as a third line. And then that if, wouldn't that would that that wouldn't bother me at all to see that. Yeah, and then I mean um, and you could even if you wanted to you could do depending on who you wanted, you could bring in Sharon Govich to play on your fourth line. So you could play, right, you could play McLeod, Sharon Govich, and Bastion, or McLeod, Sharon Govich, and right. Lazar. Right, right. 
I think the reason why, you know, Lazar and Bastion are, are blanking there is just for, you know, the physicality part. Um, Lazar- you're not going to get any of that from Sharon Govich, but I think we need goals more than Lazar did nothing. You know, Lazar got killed. He got killed. He didn't. He was he was pretty good. He was pretty good on our penalty kill. He had a zero That's percent goals ex- expected goals for. He had zero shots on goal. He won one face off and lost four. He he got killed. He was not good. Right. He had one block He's shot. Not, he, is he a center? Yeah. I mean, he could he play is. the wing. Wow. I mean, he he could play the wing, but he 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 didn't look good. He is a center. Yes. He didn't look good. Uh, then, then lean toward Sharon Govich on the fourth line because at least you have you know somewhat of a chance of getting getting some scoring done with him. Um, you're not going to get a physical game out of him. I don't think you know it's like Mercer too. It's like I don't see, I didn't see him being very physical at all. And I'm not talking about you know bouncing people around and stuff, but I that you know trying to stick check the he actually the made a couple he made them. a couple like sloppy plays where he, he we we had an odd man rush and he could have hit somebody and he kind of just i don't right. know he was like right. whacking at the puck like, like i don't know exactly exactly it's like you know just a little tentative there i th- i think um, i wish i just wish Sharon Govich played with a little more heart if he was willing to get down right. and block a shot or was willing to like skate and like play physical and take someone off of their feet or drive to the net and get into a scrum in front of the net, he's so scared to do any of this stuff that it makes him unplayable in situations where like this. And, and it, and it's like, it's really amazing because he is a good penalty killer, but I don't remember ever seeing him lay down in front of a shot. He it's doesn't like he's, he doesn't. He's, He's very effective closing, you know, closing the, the the lanes going across, but he doesn't, he won't, it doesn't look like he would sacrifice his body. I've never seen him he, do that. He's, Nico he's got, goes a, down he's got a long everybody stick. Everybody goes down. He's got a long stick. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You got anything else for him? I got nothing. I got nothing. I got a, if we win tomorrow night, I think I'm going to, because of uh, how uh, reliable United is, I may come up a day early just to make sure that I get up there instead of leaving my truck in Jacksonville next time. But um, I'm going to see you on Thursday. Yeah, I really, I really, tomorrow is a really big game. I'm going to sign off on you, Dad, so I could use this. But um, uh, thanks for, right. ho- thanks for hopping on. You got it, buddy. All right, Talk bye. to you later. Bye. Let's go, Devils. So tomorrow is a big one. And to me, it's all about do the Devils gain momentum and gain confidence, open up the center of the ice, and use that speed now that they've kind of played a little bit of a more well-rounded game to where every single play doesn't have to be a play that you make off of the rush. It's okay to dump the puck in and get a fresh pair of legs on the ice. You can play a little heavy, but you you can still play your style of speed. Will our defense be able to execute and make outlet passes and hit our players in transition? Will that top line continue to keep going? There's a lot to go on. Will will, um, Akira Schmid play the way that he did last night, which I have no reason to believe that he won't? It's a big day. It's a very big day. One of the biggest, one of the biggest Devils games in the past 10 years. Who else but the Rangers? If we're going to do it, let's do it versus the Rangers. My name is Bill Bosch and you've been listening to the Trap Podcast. Let's go Devils. Devils.